Hello and welcome to another edition of The Roundhouse, the official podcast of the Altoona Curve, the AA affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Garrett Mansfield. I'm the radio play-by-play voice of The Curve and the team's director of communications. Thanks for listening to this new episode. We're going to have a lot of exciting things to dive into today, including a conversation with manager Brian Esposito. But before we get into that, a reminder that the Stockyard Team Store is open for virtual business 24-7. For new Curve gear for every fan of everybody's hometown team, pick up new caps, jerseys, t-shirts, and more. Visit AltoonaCurve.com to shop now and support your local minor league baseball team. Also be sure while you're at AltoonaCurve.com to check on the upcoming event schedule. Very excited to be bringing live baseball back for fans to watch this week thanks to ERA Sports and U.S. Elite Baseball. We have some high school showcase tournaments happening at the ballpark this weekend. All of those details are over at AltoonaCurve.com and in the events page. Upcoming trivia nights are there too, along with those farmer's market dates. Everything happening at the ballpark is at AltoonaCurve.com. That's your site to stay up to date with everything happening over at PNG Field right now. Here we are, our last episode of the month of August. Hope you've been enjoying the content we've been bringing you here on this new podcast. It's a new venture for us. So we really hope you're able to give us some feedback on what you think. The stuff we've received so far has been very positive, and we hope to continue that as we march on. But the Major League season still very much in play and Altoona very much involved in making the baseball world, at least in Pittsburgh, continue to churn out. Much of the news here over the last week, Ben Charrington, the Pirates general manager, did visit here last weekend. Got a chance to get his eyes on several of the prospects here at the alternative side all at once. Now, to keep in mind, it wasn't his first visit. He's been here a couple of different times to look over other things, so not his very first exposure to these players. And one of the more important things on the upcoming calendar is the trade deadline is next week, and it is Monday at 4 o'clock on August the 31st. We're already starting to see some deals, not only just with the Pirates, but with other teams as well. The Pirates did go and get another pitcher, Austin Davis, from Philadelphia. And one of the bigger names dealt this week, Taiwan Walker from Seattle, going to Toronto. There's a lot happening with the new rules. Only players in the 60-man pool can be traded this year. But in that Walker deal, we saw what could be some of the strategy going forward. It was a player to be named later, which means player to be named later in cash, actually. But we'll have more on the trade deadline over on the Around the Curve blog this week. We'll take a look at some past trade deadline deals that Altoona has been a part of. Players going from the Altoona roster to another organization or vice versa. Cody Ponce was an example of that last year, getting traded from the Brewers to the Pirates, and he reported to Altoona. And we saw a pitcher the year before do the opposite. Taylor Hearn going from the curve roster to Texas in that Keone Kella trade. We'll look at Every single one of those, especially the most recent, the parallel is, will a player on this alternate site go elsewhere? Or will we be adding players to the alternate site because of deals? We'll see how that all works out. There's several days for that to to come on. The trade market, as we're recording this, the trade market has not really heated up all that much, aside from the Taiwan Walker deal. Right before I threw the headset on today, a little bit of breaking news with Pittsburgh, and that's the recalling of Will Craig to the Major League team. His first career call-up, and he is in the lineup in St. Louis. He'll be the 175th 
Curve alum to make his big league debut. He takes the open spot of Colin Moran, who went on the injured list with a concussion. They decided to go with Craig over key Brian Hayes. Craig has been at the alternate side the entire time, and this is what we talked about on a previous episode of the podcast, which uh, with him talking about how ready he is to get that, to take that next step. And this is that next step. He gets a chance to go up and prove himself. Key Brian Hayes, even though it's a third baseman Moran injured, the the Pirates have a bevy of options at third base. We've seen Eric Gonzalez over there. Jose Osuna can play third base. I think manager Derek Shelton made it very clear in describing that move. Hayes will be here at some point. It's just, we're ready to see Craig right now. And because Moran, he, he's been playing third, he's been playing a little bit of first, he's been DHing, and that is a, an area that Craig can go right up and take care of the first base DH duties for, for the time being. And the other options playing third base, they can showcase what those guys can do at the hot corner while Hayes continues to develop here and a little bit of fine tuning. And we may see him there. We might be seeing Hayes up there in the near future. Another thing to note, Nick Nick Mears also added Blake Cedarland is on that taxi squad travel roster while the Pirates are still on their road trip. So Blake Cedarland could be another option, another curve alum that makes his debut. Speculates about all we can do at this point, and we'll see how everything works out. Well, in the, the past week, the, the Pirates had a great weekend at home against Milwaukee, swept the Brewers, but then the Bucks go on the road. And a little bit tougher scenario in Chicago, swept by the White Sox, highlighted by Lucas Giolito throwing the first no-hitter of 2020 against Pittsburgh on Tuesday night. That was the first time the Pirates were no-hit since 2015 by Max Scherzer. Looking ahead for the Pirates, as we take a look at the schedule, it's hard to believe only two more homestands, two more road trips are left. They finish off their trip to Milwaukee, and after that, they come back home to take on the Cubs, Reds, and the White Sox. All of that happening after the trade deadline, of course. And we kind of see with these call-ups, you know, we go back to Will Craig getting called up, the obvious uh, looking ahead for key Brian Hayes potentially going, getting getting the nod here before too long. The indication is it's it's time to showcase these, these younger players, and that's what they're doing. It's what we're starting to see in some of these roster decisions. See Tucker play almost every day somewhere in some some capacity, and also looking ahead, and we're seeing some other, other action happening here at the alternate site. Joe Musgrove and Jamison Tyon were working out here on Thursday to get some a little bit of work. First time Tyon on a hill since his surgery. Musgrove trying to get right back. And we're seeing how Altoona is helping play a role and get those guys back on the field. Well, with that, I think it's time to turn our attention to our interview today as we got a chance to catch up with the manager here at the alternate site, Brian Esposito. After a 13-year playing career, he's been with the Pirates since 2013, he's managed at Jamestown, West Virginia Power, and the West Virginia Black Bears. He spent 2017 as the team's catching coordinator, and he's managed the AAA Indianapolis Indians over the last two seasons. We'll hear from him, and he'll talk about a variety of different things here with us, talking about not only just bringing energy and competition to this, also the part he played in building up the program around the daily schedule, and also being flexible on that. Sometimes you have to roll with the punches every single day, working around not just COVID, but also the weather. We, we kind of forget about that, that it does rain, and there are some things to deal with that. And he even alludes to, to that as we talked to him on a day where, where weather was impacting the activities on the field. So without further ado, let's dive right into our conversation as we bring Brian Esposito into the Roundhouse. 
Well, Brian, thanks for joining us today. First of all, I introduced you in our previous segment as the manager. Is that the right term for for what we're doing here? <laughs> um, I guess if, if that's what you'd like to call it. Uh, I just I just think that uh, my role here is just to uh, help these guys get better and kind of lead some of the things that we're doing here. So. Uh, I'm not sure that the title really makes a difference right now. I just think uh, we're all here to get better. So whatever, whatever fits. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a great way to look at it. I can't uh, can't argue with that at all. But uh, the resume is great. Managed many levels of the pirate system, including uh, back to the Jamestown Jammers days, and then an Indy in the last couple of years. And now you've kind of found your roundabout way to Altoona to kind of finish. And a check one of the last boxes of the, of the system, if you will. And what's it like to get a glimpse of a place you hadn't had a chance to come yet? You know, I, I never got to manage here, but I got to come here a few times back in 17 when I was uh, doing the catching coordinating for the Pirates. So uh, I actually got to spend a lot of time here in Altoona, made a few trips in, and then uh, I was able to stay with the group during the the playoff run as they won the championship that year back in 17 uh there was a hurricane that was coming through florida so uh, i just kind of stayed up here with the club and i got to travel to trenton with them and come back here and watch them win so uh you know it's a great town it's a great it's a great ballpark it's a it's a it's a really cool environment to play some baseball games uh the fans are great uh it's kind of that small town you know living but uh you know, baseball stands out here, so it's a, it's a beautiful ballpark. Uh, the people here are outstanding. They, they really do a nice job of of providing us with everything we need to do in order to uh, to run an efficient schedule on a day-to-day. Um, so I got nothing short of great things to say about this place. Yeah, you guys are bringing the baseball back for this year, and you mentioned the fans, and those are probably a big group that we miss the most. I, I can't even uh, begin to, to say how much we miss that aspect to, to, to the game right now. On your perspective, for the AAA staff, much of that whole staff is here, uh, from all the way down to the, the training and strength to uh, to the, your ad- additional coaches, specifically Joel Handrahan, John Nunnally. They were part of, uh, you guys worked together, obviously, during spring training and all of that, and now they're here alongside of you. So you didn't get a chance to miss out on working with those two. What's it been like to team up with, with those fellas, the, the part of the Altoona staff from last year? Well, you know that that would have been a big, it would have been a really big loss uh, for me because I, I was really looking forward to learning from both of those guys. Uh, both Nuns and Hannerham brought a lot to the table. I knew that they were getting our guys prepared down here, and they're doing a great job of it. Uh, as those guys came through Indy last year, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm really I'm really grateful that we did get a chance to work this year, and you know, uh, to build a relationship and start moving some things forward. So, and hope that you know next year when things kind of get back to normal. Uh, we've already have a really good foundation underneath us, you know, working with these guys and how we operate and, you know, just about who each guy is. So um, it's been really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we got the opportunity to do it. Um, they're, they're two really good coaches and uh, they're, they're fun to be around. They, they are a lot of fun to be around. So I'm glad that we got the opportunity that they're, they're making this camp really good uh, in both the pitching and the hitting department. So uh, I've enjoyed it so far. I'm I, We'll see what their thoughts are on, on how much they've enjoyed me, but, I, but I've really enjoyed their company so far. <laughs> One thing that has been quite obvious just from observing is there's very good energy from, from all of you, and that's pretty important to this odd circumstance we're all in. Do you guys put that energy and that 
enthusiasm behind you guys every single day to keep the competitive spirit as high as it can run here? Yeah. You know, for, so for me, I mean, that, that's part of being a, being a good coach is just, you know, being able to provide the energy, you know, and if, if you have a player that can at least match your energy, if they can exceed it, I mean, you think about some some really good energy. You know, the one thing I don't necessarily have to fake or, or look for is, is my own energy. It's just something that, you know, my passion is to come to the field every day and help guys get better. Um, I think the more people that continue to model that energy and that passion, I think it, it, it resonates with the players a little bit. It provides that spark for them to come out um, and to, to do the work that we're doing in this environment. You know, an environment is created by the staff. Uh, it allows players to see the, the environment that, that we've built for them to come in and, and be able to hone their, their skills and, and, and work hard on a day-to-day. You know, there, there are a lot of ups, there are a lot of downs that happen in, in life. Uh, there are things that, there are obstacles that get in the way. There are things that get in the way of, of, of energy. Um, you know, but, you know, if we can continue to provide it and, that, and players can at least come close to matching it, you know, we're going to have that, that, that great day. You know, that's it's just what it's all about for me is not showing up every day and, and loving what you do and, and, and being present for all the players. And if they can match that energy and create that environment, you know, then that, that, that's, what, that's what it looks like for me. That's where the best learning takes place. I love that you brought up the environment and building that up and making it a place for good development and keeping everybody ready. Would you be able to give us some insight into what it took to to build up the program or even maybe on your end of just implementing it and putting that plan and following through on the plan that was set up, especially the on the day-to-day basis of, okay, guys, we're going to do A, B, and C today. We're going to do X, Y, and Z tomorrow. And uh, this is this is the goal behind it why we're going through these exercises. Right. Well, I, you know, initially when you sit back, you know, I thought a little bit about this before we even got down here. And then I had about, you know, 17 hours to think about it on my drive. But, uh, you know, when you think about a schedule, you want to have some structure. You want to be able to put the bones to the skeleton and have times laid out in different situations and different things that we're going to do within that schedule. So we had the blocks laid out um, and then, you know, within those bones and that skeleton, I just really wanted to make sure that our staff and that our players were finding opportunities to get what they need to maximize their time being here. So um, it's kind of the playground effect. You know, we have we have the times, we have the structure because there are a lot of protocols that are in place for, you know, the pandemic where we are in terms of when we can get here, how much time we can spend at the ballpark. But once we get, you know, once we get into the doors and we have a lot of time and, and kind of the schedule it really allowed us to, you know, be able to, to the next day was going to be based off of what we saw the day before. So we, we have these smaller games. We have a lot of these drill works go off um, and we're fine within those, you know, what each individual player needs. Uh, players are going to start to be around some guys that they've never been around before. You know, we have some young guys that have been around some older guys. They saw what their routines look like and they tried to like, you know, pick and choose what works for them and what doesn't. So, um, you know, it's been our playground. That's the way I look at it. We have some structure in terms of the protocol. We have some structure in terms of the time blocks. But once we get those, you know, once we get on the on the dirt and on the grass, a lot of that is based off what an individual need looks like for a player. So our job as a staff is to recognize what we're seeing, uh, what we're able to do off of it. How can we, how can we uh, push the player's work forward by providing a certain drill or a certain game situation or something along those lines. So there's a lot of things that go into it. A lot of it is just getting on the field and just watching what goes on. And then we just go into clubhouse and we'll collaborate about what we saw 
uh, what we need to do. There are things that happen in the big league game that we watch on TV that we, you know, we, we say it might be a good idea for us to go ahead and work on that just because it's something that I know the players saw last night. It might be something fresh in their mind. Let's go ahead and run it out there and see what comes of it. Do we need to kind of break that drill down to individual work? Um, do we need to do it again? Do we, do we need to continue to have these guys experience things before they get to the big leagues and experience them? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of collaboration. There's a lot of really good minds on the staff. Uh, Miguel Perez is managing our system. Um, you know, nuns, obviously Hanny, uh, and there's a lot of other people here that, that provide a lot of good, good information for us to go on the field and get it done. And a lot of awesome information that you're able to pack in right there and very, very good insight for not only just what's going on here every day, but why it's going on like that. And I think I've heard a lot of different parallels onto what the environment is like. I've heard it. I mean, and, and this is from other organizations as well as ours is, okay, it feels not quite like spring training. I think one of the more beautiful ways to put it, I heard from Christian Kelly, and he said, it feels kind of more like the couple days leading up to the start of the season once you're at your affiliate. I think that might be pretty accurate, but what, what does that category look like to you? Oh, um, you know, for me, you know, I, I look at it as a different lens. I don't really think about where we are or, or what the feel is like. Uh, I just know that we have an opportunity for players to move the needle forward. So whether that be a spring training setting, whether it be an instructional league setting, um, you know, you could call it what you want. But, you know, the way I look at it is it's just an opportunity to to, to get these prospect players that we have here, to get these, these guys that are eventually going to move on to the big leagues and provide them just – uh, touches and opportunities that they ordinarily wouldn't get during the season. You know, the game is the best evaluator. The game is what's going to challenge you the most. Uh, so we have short little expert, uh, you know, excerpts of these games. But I think the individual touches that these players are getting, I think players being around other players that they ordinarily wouldn't be around, it, it, it's, it's kind of a setting that you don't really get to ever set up. Uh, this is the most uncommon of years. It's an extremely uncommon time. So I, I would have a hard time of really putting my finger on what it feels like. Um, you know, you, you don't go on the road. You don't travel. Um, we don't get to play a full nine-inning game. We don't have games every day. Uh, we're limited staff. You know, as we're sitting out here right now, it's absolutely poured out and the field's kind of wet. So it looks like we're going to be able to, you know, to move things inside and, and pick up where we left off tomorrow. But um, it is a very unique feel of what we're doing right now. I couldn't really put my finger on it, but all I know is, is that you're going to have a lot of players that are going to come out of this a year, a year and a half of experience better than where they ordinarily would be, um, just minus the, the, the games and the at-bats or the, the innings on the mound that are true indicators of measurement um, of, of where you're either going to be successful or, or not moving forward. But um, you know, Kelly's right. I, you know, we're at an affiliate. We don't have any games. We're just continuing to wait for that next game to come on. Um, you know, it's just a big gap between when we got to the affiliate and when that next game is going to be. So I, I could see that, that that kind of a feel, but uh, it's really hard to put your finger on what this feels like. No, that that's tremendous, a tremendous way to put it because this is something we talked to Will Craig about in, in an episode past was how he's been able to mentor some of the, not not only just younger first basemen, but just the younger players that look for that feedback from a player like him. And I think you, you stated that really well right there. Now for something, you, know, you, you also mentioned how things are very different and we're rolling with the punches. But another thing 
that might seem a little more normal for you, or at least we're going to find out here in a second, is that AAA manager, that, that role, often there's a lot of feedback about promotions, um, guys who are ready to go contribute in Pittsburgh. Is that something that is continued? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, that's, that's what we're doing down here. You know, we, 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 we're set up to provide depth for our major league club. Hence, you know, they call it the taxi squad or the alternate site uh, where, we, you know, we've had a lot of players go up. Uh, you know, it, it was unfortunate that we've had uh, a large group of injuries at the major league level, which is where you never really want, you know, to send guys up when somebody gets hurt. You never want you know, anyone to get hurt. But unfortunately, that's just the way the game works. And we have to do our job to make sure these guys are prepared. Uh, so as far as, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, advice or what we're, you know, kind of giving feedback up is, you know, that's continuous. That's something that always happens in Indianapolis where they're asking questions uh, about a certain player that, you know, potentially could fill that void or the availability of players. And, that, and that's a difference down here that, you know, I, I, when, when you have a pandemic like this, which is something that's so uncommon, um, availability is your best avail is your best ability. You know, if you're available, you're healthy. Uh, I mean, you have a really good chance to go on up and help this club at some point. Due to the, you know the high numbers of injuries, it, it, it's only you know uh, contact tracing away from sending a few guys up to the big leagues. As we've seen what happened to the you know some of the other teams in the industry. Um, so you know, as far as giving feedback up to certain guys and staying in touch with our major league staff, you know, I talk with. You know, Donnie Kelly and, and, and Derek Shelton, our manager, a couple times a week just to make sure that uh, we're relaying any information that we can on our certain players just to let them know that they're either ready or maybe they need uh, some more time down here um, or they're just available. So, yeah, that, that kind of stays, that stays, that stays kind of constant. Uh, that's one thing that, that has not changed, <laughs> as we saw earlier with the amount of transactions that we had. Oh, definitely. And, you know, you mentioned how you talked to the Major League staff and even Ben Charrington has made a couple of visits down here as well to get his own eyes on that also. What's it been like to, to work next to him after you are uh, one of the few guys from uh, you know managing in, in, from past years in the past, uh, I guess, regime, if you will, and, and now going over to, to Charrington's baseball ops team and uh, you're kind of bridging the information gap and, and, and a lot of that and helping him out as well. What, what's it been like to work with him? Right. Well, I mean, there was, there was a prior relationship that I've had with Ben before. Uh, ben was actually the farm director uh, when I was with the Boston Red Sox at 23 years old. So uh, Ben and I have a relationship from back then. Um, I would say that our relationship is a lot more solidified now in terms of what we do on this side than it did when I was a player. Uh, so there was, a, there was some history there already uh, with us. Um, but again, it's it, all it really is, in my opinion, regardless of what regime is in town, is that you just do your job to the best of your ability and you, and you speak the truth. You know, you just tell these guys exactly what you're seeing. You tell them exactly what your thoughts are. Uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to provide some some in-depth ideas uh, of what I'm seeing and what our staff is seeing. Uh, and I just try to give them um, the best lens that I could possibly give them for them to make the best decisions that they need to make moving forward. So. Um, it's really not that hard of, of a deal for me to work with, you know, with a new regime because I just stay committed to what it is I think is best for the player and the organization. You know, you just speak the truth, you be honest, uh, you give your, your, your best examples uh, that you can, and then uh, whatever decisions they make, you just continue to move forward and do whatever they ask. So uh, it's been pretty good. It's been fun to watch him come down here and watch us work. Um, 
he's gotten his eyes on some guys that he probably hasn't or wouldn't ordinarily get to see work uh, altogether, which is which is kind of neat. You know, there'd be certain players that he would have saw at different levels on different visits, but to see them all on the same infield dirt. I know he talked about that the other day. It's like, well, that's pretty unique that you see a our first round pick from this year working on the dirt with a guy that we traded from the Diamondbacks, along with Cabrian Hayes, who's been here for a while. You know that you would never see that with Mason Martin playing first base. You would never be able to make you know one trip to see that. So. Uh, that's kind of cool that he gets to see all our players on, his, on, on, on the same field at the same time. So it's been pretty fun. Yeah, that is fantastic insight that he was able to provide uh, during his his last visit. But I didn't know that about your the connection between the two of you. So he had you uh, when he was the farm director, and then he traded for Hanny at one point. So, hey, I, I can see how some of the pieces are coming together. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and, uh, it's funny because, that, because ben, ben actually – ran me through a position change. I was, I was drafted as a catcher by the Red Sox, and he uh, thought that my, my talents would suit us better as an organization if I became a pitcher. So I was actually moved to the mound, which uh, didn't work out uh, for either of us. It didn't work out for him, and it certainly didn't work out for me. Obviously, you know, he knows that I went back to catching and, and went on to have uh, a short but you know, major league career for a little while. But uh, it, was, it was fun to talk about this offseason where you know, we got reunited and, you know, he asked me some questions about the move and what I really thought about it back then. But uh, it was kind of cool. So, yeah, but that's a beautiful thing about baseball is you, you still you, you can still find multiple other ways to get another at bat and another chance. And that's uh, that's a beautiful thing. And uh, for for kind of give me a week, we've talked about a couple of players that, that you've mentioned and um, we've, we've talked about the uh, the GM being able to get here and see that what's. Who have been a couple of guys that have really gotten your attention and Pirates fans should be excited about for potentially this summer? You know, I, I think really all of these guys have done, a, have done a really good job of standing out in their own their own reason. There's not really many people that you could just, you know, pick out that stand out amongst the group. You know, obviously the, you know, the Cabrian Hayes is a situation that a lot of people are looking for in a monitor because he's, he's done it consistently for – the last couple of seasons, you know, the defense stands out, you know, his offensive prowess that, that that's on the horizon stands out. Um, so that's obviously a name that, that stands out amongst the group. Uh, but then you have, you know, some of these young infielders, you got, you know, uh, O'Neill Cruz and Peguero that have been playing shortstop. Our first round pick stands out for the right reason. Uh, Rodolfo Castro is a guy that for me has emerged as, as a really good player with, with a ton of versatility uh, that can switch hit. And, you know, it, it, it's great that you put these guys in these situations because, you know, when you when you line up Hayes at third and you put Castro over there working with him every day, you know, you could see the level of competition between the two of them as they're both trying to outwork each other. And the best thing in this game or in any sport is competition. And there's, there's two different kinds of competition. There's a competition where somebody's trying to beat somebody, but then there's also competition where guys are trying to push each other to be better. And, and that's what's driving this camp is the competition to push each other to be better. Um, there have been some arms that stood out on the mound. You know, Max Kranick is a guy that, that, that continues to get better every time I see him out there. Uh, Shortridge, Aaron Shortridge is a guy that, that, I've, that I've watched pitch, and he's crafty, and he can do some different things. So, you know, a lot of these guys I ordinarily wouldn't have gotten to see this year. Uh, just watching them. Ogle's another guy who's a young guy that pitched an A-ball, and he got out, and you like the left-handed arm. It's He's got some electric stuff. Command is, is going to get better as I think he gets more experience. But, you know, the slider plays. So, um, 
you know, Jason Martin was a guy that made the opening day roster this year, and he's, and he's back down here, and he continues to work hard every day. Uh, Will Craig is, is, is really, you know, moving the needle forward and what he wants to do in terms of not just having power, but understanding what, what puts him in an optimal hitting position that's going to allow him to do it at a more consistent basis. So I, a lot of guys are standing out for the right reasons. Uh, we don't have anyone that's standing out for the wrong reason, which is a really good thing uh, in this camp because everyone's kind of pushing each other. So it's been, it's been really exciting. Not, I mean, there's not one person that, that stands out amongst the group that you could say that's dominating the group. You know, everyone's standing out for, the, for their own reasons. That's a great way to frame all of that because even – even at times being able to take in some of the workouts, you just kind of have to take a take a second and look. You're like, wow, uh, I never would have thought all of these guys together this year would have, like like you said, you normally would not have been able to see it, but I'm cert- certain it might be making you salivate for 2021 in Indy. Yeah, you know, and that's the fun part because guys, I think that there's a chance for certain guys that we've now seen that if pushed under certain circumstances, um, you know, it, it's going to reshape, I think, the way that we think about how we coach our players and how we kind of what we ask of them in the minor leagues. You know, I think some of these younger guys that have only have eight ball experience, but you put them around some guys that are treated like major league players with major league time, and they're responding. So I think that uh, it's kind of it's going to reshape the way that we do our thinking and how we coach guys up or how we run our drills. That you know, we need to make sure that these guys are learning how to become major league players from the day that we sign them. Um, and then once we sign them and we start treating them like big leaguers, we start uh, asking the right questions and we start developing them under, under, that, under that same umbrella. Um, it, I mean, this is really fun to see. I, I'm interested to see who winds up where next season. Uh, hopefully everything restores back to normal. Uh, I'm just excited for this group of players that are here right now. You know, regardless of where they wind up, I think they've done an unbelievable job of just showing up every day. So I'm just proud of all of them, and I hope to see them down the road. Oh. I like how you I like how you went into that as well. The if one of the last things I have for you, you've been so grateful or so gracious with your time today. But if I would have told you probably back in February or March that you'd be hands on instructing the Pirates first round pick of this year, what would you have thought back then? <laughs> uh I I I've I honestly you know, in this game nowadays Nothing is too far-fetched. Um, if, you're, if you're around long enough, you're going to see everything. Um, you know, I, I, who knows? I mean, historically, there have been some players that went out of the draft and went right to the big leagues. Uh, there are some guys that I know that did that. There are some players that went right to double-A. There are some guys that kind of moved through the system very rapidly. If you told me that we were going to take a college infielder um, that, that could swing an angry bat, and looks to drive the ball and go deep and do some serious damage, I probably would have said, well, there's a pretty good chance. I'm hoping there's a good chance because that means we made the right selection. Uh, and obviously we did because this guy is a, he's a really good player. Uh, and he has a lot of, he has a lot of hitter tendencies that, that play up, um, you know, and, and the defense works for him. So I'm glad I get to. That's all I can say to you. I, I, I wouldn't have called your bluff or said that you're, you're a liar, but I'm just glad that I get the opportunity to do it because it's been really fun for me. Yeah, being able to develop Nick Gonzalez here in Altoona, something, or especially this quickly, uh, being, you know, who knows? Maybe he would have been here under normal circumstances, but you know, you you said it exactly right. You never know how things turn out until a guy gets gets pushed like that. And I have one more question for you, and 
And you, th- it might have been a situation like that, but a silver lining. You seem like a, a glass half full kind of guy, uh, energetic. And it, can can you point out a, a silver lining for this, this whole situation uh, in in your uh, point of view? You know, I, the one thing that that uh, that at the end of the day, when you sit back and really think about it, it it's to be grateful for every opportunity that you have, and, and there's no opportunity that's worth squandering or putting off or not giving your all-out effort for because within the blink of an eye, things can change, things get taken away from you, and then, you know, when it does, you realize that, you know, you, you maybe you, you, you left a little meat on the bone as opposed to, to really taking care of business when you should have took care of it. Um, I, could, I, I really think that our players uh, have that mindset right now because of the way that they've brought the energy. They've, they've showed up every day looking to get better. Um, there are a lot of players that are – not here right now that I that that I that I feel for the guys that I stay in contact with guys that I that, that really wish they would be out here uh, it's going to make some people look in the mirror and ask themselves those hard questions of when we took this for granted you know and we had this every day did I do everything in my power to be the best player that I could be on the field um, it could be the same for coaches as well where you know a lot of coaches in this situation that that I that I wish would be here but we can't have them all and um, they might be looking in the mirror saying, hey, have I done everything I can to make sure that I'm fully invested in, in the player and their careers and, and want the best for them or show up every day regardless of the circumstances to do it. So the silver lining for me is that um, take advantage of every opportunity that you have, not just in baseball but in life with your loved ones and your family. Just you know, Don't take anything for granted because it could be taken away from you in a, in a blink of an eye. I agree wholeheartedly with you there, Brian. That's all I have for you. I am so grateful for the time you took to to spend with us today, and we're we're thankful for your insight and uh, grateful that you're here leading this group and uh, making future Pittsburgh Pirates in Altoona, albeit. I appreciate it, man. It's been my pleasure. Thanks again to manager Brian Esposito for being our guest this week. A couple of really important takeaways as we as we look back on that on that chat is really how the coaching staff they're working together keeping things competitive by bringing in some really good energy and enthusiasm that's one thing none of those guys Esposito, Joel Hanrahan, John Nunnally, everyone here on the coaching staff nobody here lacks that nobody lacks energy or enthusiasm and the other thing that I thought was really interesting was organizing and structuring out the workouts, but not just as a team, but Esposito really dove into some making things individualized for guys because not everyone's in the same in the same place developmentally. It's it's different when you're managing at AAA and you have guys that are on the cusp of the big leagues or coming down from the big leagues or on a rehab assignment where everyone's everyone's here, everyone's on the cusp of the majors. Or at double-A, everyone's another step away from the majors. You're making a big jump to double-A. You can kind of form-fit some things to fit the group and the individual, whereas here, the experience gap is so wide. And I think that's a really crucial tool to use while those players are here. And even just talking about the players being around each other that they wouldn't normally be at as we talk about that experience gap. Where and when and where else as a Pirates man in developmental workings in the developmental system do you get an infield of Key Brian Hayes, Lever Pergero, and Nick Gonzalez and Mason Martin, or an infield of Will Craig, O'Neill Cruz, G. Juan Bay, and Rodolfo Castro? In a given year at an affiliate, you really wouldn't see that. And being able to stir up some competition has been a really good formula for it for all of that too. 
And the last thing that I, I thought was was real enlightening was was his relationship with Ben Charrington. I didn't know that that connection went back to the back to the the Red Sox system, but but now like doing the numbers as he was talking about it, it the light bulb just went off. And yeah, there's there's a lot of familiarity there and trust built up between the two of them. And I like how he broke down the the unique chance for Ben to come over from Pittsburgh and get just get his eyes on several players all at once instead of making trips to multiple towns and it might be something we see more of more of in the future. That's going to do it for our, our episode today so be sure to subscribe, rate and review the Roundhouse on your podcast platform to let us know what you think of the show and to make it easier for others to discover it. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear us talk about, you can email me gmansfield at altunacurve.com. Also, be sure to stay plugged in with The Curve at altunacurve.com, the Around the Curve blog, and follow the team on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Signing off, I'm Garrett Mansfield. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Roundhouse, the official podcast of the Altoona Curve.